Hi, this is Emily Trotter, and you're listening to Nothing But Fine Bible Talk, where we're going to do just that, talk about the Bible. We're going to read it, make some notes, learn some things, and hopefully put those things into practice. Are you ready to dig in? Good morning. Um, my coffee mug this morning is Molly Jenkins, local to Columbus, Precious Soul. Sorry. Precious Soul, such a sweet spirit about her. Um, and she makes beautiful pottery. Like, y'all, she was in Gardening Gun. Like, she was one of the things. Like, where am I supposed to look? Up here? Yeah. No, just at myself. Matt, where am I supposed to look? I have an extra. Matt's here. I love Matt. <laughs> Just at the little dot. Okay. okay. Sorry, y'all. I can't. I'm not good at this. Um, but Molly, um, she was in Garden and Gun. She was like made one of the Made in the South Awards several years ago. Um, she makes lamps, dishes, coffee cups. Her ghosts are the cutest things ever and sell out every year. I finally got three this year. I'm going to, I got to work on getting another set next year. But um, anyway, so that's, there's that. So here's this. Good morning. Teresa now makes me coffee, y'all. That's so exciting. <laughs> and I didn't write anything on my board because I was distracted by my Pastor Shane, uh, Dr. Green. and But I also didn't want to go ahead and write it up there because, and so I'll write it afterwards. How about that? And then I'll post it um, so that you guys can see where I'm coming from. But I didn't want to go ahead and list, list it up there because I'm going to tell a little backstory first today. And... Um, so, yeah. Okay. So here we go. Okay. So the backstory that I'm telling happens in numbers. Okay. No. Yes. Yes. It happens in numbers. I'm doing that first. Sorry. Um, and it, it is numbers 21, one through nine. I'm going to read you this story. Okay. I need my glasses. So I don't squint. <clears throat> better. Um, except now y'all just see lights. Uh, anyway, so 21. When the Canaanite, the king of Arad, who lived in the Negev, heard that Israel was coming by the way of Atharim, then he fought against Israel and took some of them captive. So Israel made a vow to the Lord and said, if you will indeed deliver this people into my hand, then I will utterly destroy their cities. The Lord heard the voice of, the, of Israel and delivered up the Canaanites. Then they utterly destroyed them and their cities. Thus, the name of the place was called Hormah. So look right there. They have cried out to the Lord for his help because they were fearful of the Canaanites. And God said, okay. I will deliver you if you follow, if you listen to what I'm saying and do what I ask, please. And they said, yes, Canaanites were defeated. This is, that was one through three. Listen to what happens in verse four. Then they set out from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to go around the land of Edom and the people became impatient because of the journey. And the people spoke against God and Moses. Why have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no food and no water. And we loathe this miserable food. What was that miserable food? The manna that God was sending from heaven. They have just been delivered from the Canaanites because they asked to be. They said they would go and do what the Lord asked them to do. And just a little bit later, they were complaining and impatient and said, we wish that we had stayed in Egypt and died because this is terrible and we hate the manna. Okay? 
The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people so that many people of Israel died. So the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned because we have spoken against the Lord and you. Intercede with the Lord that he may remove the serpents from us. And Moses interceded for the people. Then the Lord said, To Moses, make a fiery serpent and set it out on a standard, and it shall come about that everyone who is bitten, when he looks at it, he will live. And Moses made a bronze serpent and set it on the standard, and it came about that if a serpent bit any man, when he looked to the bronze serpent, he lived. Okay, so they had this reminder of what had happened when they had disobeyed God. And they came, and when God told him, here's how you will be delivered from this, and here's how you will be healed from these snake bites, here's how this will happen. When God said that, and he made this serpent, they had this physical reminder on a standard. This was their physical reminder of what God had done and how he had delivered them and healed them. From the consequences of their own actions. I mean, I need a little bit of that myself, right? Don't you? Um, So I say all that to say in Exodus, which I have talked about this story before. And I talked about, I mean, like I've talked about it numerous times in my, um, in my teaching Bible study life. Um, But I, and I've specifically talked about it here um, during this study. And I can't remember which one. Um, Teresa, if you remember which one, you tell me. It might have been the Lord is here. I don't, okay, it doesn't matter. Um, So, this is where we get to the name for this week. It's Jehovah Nisi, okay? And that's, um, oh, it is? The shepherd? Oh, no, no, that's not. Okay, here, Jehovah Nisi. I said I wasn't going to do this, but I want y'all to see how to spell it. Even though I know Instagram, y'all, I'm sorry, you don't, you, it's backwards to you, and I don't know how to fix it. Uh, so Jehovah Nisi, that's Jehovah, as we know, means the Lord, and Nisi is N-I-S-S-I, Nisi, okay? And that means the Lord is my banner. And we see this in Exodus 17, and it's the story of the... Israelites going into battle against the Amalekites. And I had a a friend. um, I'm going to give Scott Phillips a shout out. Um, And Teresa might show his picture. I don't know on on this part. Um, So Scott is our drummer. He he is a true Renaissance man. He is our drummer in the contemporary service. He's an amazing percussionist. Um, And he's an attorney by trade. And he's also like a movie critic. So, I mean, he's... He's got a lot going on and, and he's very smart, very, very smart. But he said, you just think of electrolytes and that's how you pronounce these names. <laughs> so all morning I've been going electrokites, amalekites, electrokites, amalekites. <laughs> so there's a little trick. You get it? So the amalekites were coming against the Israelites and they were going into battle. And so as they were in battle, Moses would stand, and Joshua at this time is leading the armies, and Moses would stand with his staff with his arms raised. Well, he was standing there like that, and he got tired, so he put his arms down. 
Well, when he put his arms down, things turned on a dime and the Israelites started just falling. They were not doing well. And so Moses raised his arms back up. Again, it turned and they did. So Moses is standing there. He's getting tired. He's an old guy by this point. And Aaron and her come alongside him and they bring him a rock to sit on so he won't be tired. And then when he gets to where he can't hold his arms up anymore, they hold them up for him. They come alongside and they help. And as long as those arms were lifted, the Israelites won. And so they won this battle. And God makes a lot of great promises that I could talk about forever, but I'm not because I'll get off track. So at the end, so in Exodus 17, 14, 1715, sorry, Moses built an altar and named it, the Lord is my banner. And he said, the Lord has sworn the Lord will have war against Amalek from um, generation to generation. This is the, this is what my Bible says. This little, this is the, um, the MacArthur study Bible. It's the new American standard. His note in here is so profound. It says, the Lord is my banner by titling the altar with this designation for the Lord, Yahweh Nisi, Moses declared the Lord himself to be the standard of his people. And what this standard is and what this banner, the, the Lord is my banner, means is when they would go into battle. And, and we've seen this in, in movies and historical dramas, like when people would go into battle, they would have their flag bearers. And sometimes they would have musicians come like the Revolutionary War. We've all seen the little drummers that went forward. They had very civilized conflicts back then um, because they didn't sneak up on anybody and hide and snipe people. You know, it, it was all very we're all going to march out. Oh, it's getting dark. We're all going to camp for the night. We'll resume back in the morning. Oh, week seven is when I talked about this before. There you go. Thank you, Teresa. Jesus. Um, so she, oh, hi, Catherine. Um, so she, anyway, so he is, what was I saying? I got distracted. Sorry. Not by you, but by several things. What was I saying? Matt, what was I saying? No one was listening to Oh, the footnote. Okay, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, the, the Revolutionary War, the drummers. Okay, right. So back, back, back. I'm in it. So they were marching. That was what was led before. But this is not a flag. It's just this stick, this standard, much like what I just read to you about the um, serpent that became a standard as to remind what was happening. So it was just to signify whose army they were. And by Moses naming this, the Lord is my banner. It also says, you know, the Lord is going with us into battle. He is, we are his army and he is going with us as we go forth. He is meeting us. He is leading us into battle, this standard. Okay. And, and this, and this note that's so, oh, I read it and I was like, wow that he is our standard, not this stick, not the stick, not the actual thing that we can touch. We can't replace, here's the issue, here's, here's where we get a little tricky with this, this banner. We can't put more emphasis and more importance on the actual 
thing than we do on who God is and God himself. Because this is what can happen. So we read the story from Numbers about um, the, the stick, okay? So let's fast forward a little bit to 2 Kings. 2 Kings, and Hezekiah is becoming king of um, Judah, the southern kingdom, okay? Now, wait, let me say this too. My uncle Chris gave me this, um, he preached about this in April, and it really struck a chord with me. So he, and I was on a youth retreat, yeah, um, with youth that are my age. And older. So, oh, hey, Judy. Um, so I, so Uncle Chris, I'm going to give him the credit for making this, um, making this connection for me. Okay. So in Hezekiah, 2 Kings 18. Okay. It talks about Hezekiah becoming, um, becoming the king. He was 25 years old and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem and his mother's, we don't need to know that. Okay. He went in and he did he did right in the sight of the Lord according to all his father father David had done and he removed the high places and broke down the sacred pillars and cut down the Asherah he also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made because listen for until those days the sons of Israel burned incense to it and it was called Nehushtan he trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him there was none like him among all the kings of Judah. So the Israel got into this thing with they had really bad kings. <laughs> they had real bad kings. And they had gone through this, that they had built temples and these sacred places and these Asherahs. They had built these two other gods, the gods of the people that were in the promised land, Okay. This is why God says, this is a hard pill to swallow, but this is why God said, you have to wipe all these out. Because they will, it may seem like, oh, we're just going to let them do their thing and we're not going to bother them. But little by little, things creep in. And that is what had happened. I mean, these kings, these Israelite kings, not randoms, these Israelite kings had adopted some of these other gods of these people that were there and had built them Asherahs, right? Am I pronouncing? Yeah. Of which are like temples and the and standards, if you will. They had even started to kind of worship the serpent that Moses had made to signify how the Lord delivered them. So they were, they started to kind of worship that. And also in Canaan, the Canaanites had a God that was serpent-like that stood for fertility. That was like a God of fertility. So things were starting to get a little messed up. Well, Hezekiah comes in and he did right in the sight of the Lord. And he comes in and he gets rid of it. He burns it, tears it down, destroys it, and says, God will be who we worship. I'm not putting up with any of this. And Hezekiah was a very great king for Israel. He did a lot of great things. So when we say, when we have these 
ideas of these standards, these icons, and the church has them. I mean, the cross in and of itself has become kind of a standard. The cross has become something that we look at and go, oh, because of this cross. Well, it's not because of the cross. It's because of the man who died on it. The cross was just a means. So we can't hold the cross in more regard than we do Jesus, than we do God. Because Jehovah Nisi, the Lord is my banner, not some stick. The Lord is my banner. He will go before me. And we already know that. And I, did I tell y'all this? I know that I was talking to um, Laura Marvetz about it. These names, and the, I have studied, the first time I did this, this study for the names of God was I, maybe 10 years ago. I, I can't remember. And I've done it three or four times in other, in other groups that I have been in. Um, I'm going to tell y'all this time, 10 years later, going through it again, I've got some pieces that are clicking. And if you, it's not, remember when I said that this is the same God that just goes by maybe these nicknames, just like my name is Emily, but some of my family calls me Emmy. And, you know, my children call me mom. And, you know, so I have all these names with other people but I'm still the same person. These names just click together and confirm each other. So we already knew that God was here. We already knew that God was almighty. We already knew that he was sovereign. We already know that he has created everything and that we are under him. And and we know that he sees us and we know that he hears us and we know that he leads us. He's our shepherd. He takes care of us. He does all those things. So of course, of course, he's our banner. Of course, he goes before us because he's already here and with us and hears and sees and does. We know that about him. It's not a surprise. They just, you know, have you ever heard the phrase scripture interprets scripture? It's like if you read a passage in the Bible and then you can go just like this. Oh my gosh, look how this is lining up. Just like this, this standard that happens in numbers. Well, in second Kings, it's brought up again and says here, here's what happened to it. Here, here's this. Another part that I love is in in Genesis when it talks about Abraham and Isaac down back and then you go further into Hebrews and in Hebrews 11, it talks about Abraham sacrificing, being willing to sacrifice Isaac. And it gives you this, this backdoor kind of insight into what was going on in the mind of Abraham for all of that. So scripture interprets scripture and these names just confirm each other. They just confirm each other. So the other name of God that we're going to talk about today is Jehovah Shalom, which y'all know what Shalom means, right? Peace. The Lord is my peace. And how do we get that? Um, And I know I've talked about this in, oh wait. Um, So Psalm 34 is become over the year over the past year or two has become like one of my favorite Psalms. I just love it. I love it. I love it. And it says, 
Psalms 34, 14 says, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The note, y'all get you a Bible with notes. It really is helpful. And this is the Passion Translation. And some people don't like it, but I, I find it really cool. <laughs> so the note that he has on, this is um, Dr. Simmons. His name is Simmons. I'm not going to look it up right now. But anyway, the, the translator it says twice the Hebrew uses the word shalom. This word means much more than peace. It means wholeness, wellness, well-being, safe, happy, friendly, favor, completeness, to make peace, peace offering, secure, to prosper, to be victorious, to be content, tranquil, quiet, and restful. The pictographic symbol for the word shalom read, destroy the authority that binds to chaos. The noun shalom is derived from the verbal root shalom, which means to restore in the sense of replacing or providing what is needed in order to make someone or something whole and complete. Mm -mm. So shalom is used to describe those of us who have been provided all that is needed to be whole and complete and break off all authority that would attempt to bind us to chaos, bind us to chaos. We have had all that we, we need. El Shaddai, God is sufficient. He is sufficient and, and he's Jehovah Jireh. He is the God that provides. He is our standard. He is who we are to model ourselves after. And if we do all of those things, we will be face to face with the part of God that is Jehovah Shalom. He will be our peace. When we make him our standard, we can have the confidence to get rid of all the things that, I love this phrase, bind us to chaos. Hebrews 12.1 says that we got to get rid of all the things, the sin that entangles us. Get rid of that and repent because that's how you get rid of that sin is to repent and to cast out. And then that peace comes and that peace is going to break the chaos. It's going to break the sin that entangles us when we have this peace. Philippians says, and we talked about this when the Lord is sufficient. Um, I can do all things with Christ who strengthens me. Um, Philippians 4, but Philippians 4, 7 says, and the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace, shalom, that surpasses all understanding. And, and you may know that peace. I, I have felt that peace. Where it's, I, this is bad, and I can't do anything about it. Oh, yet I'm okay. I know this is going to work out. I know that we're going to be okay here because Jehovah Shalom is here and resting. I am looking to my standard, who is peace. 
He is my standard. He is my peace. He is my provider. He is everything I need. He is sufficient. He is sovereign. He is the most high. He is the creator. He sees me. He hears me. He knows all these things. And it doesn't make sense, but I'm okay. So when Jesus says in John, this is what Jesus says in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. How much more does this verse mean knowing what we just said? Jesus gives his peace. It's not the world. Not like the English language defines peace. Since we have his peace, we can really afford to not be afraid because we know he is victorious. He makes us complete. He restored us. He has destroyed the one who keeps us in chaos. He has already conquered those things. He is our peace. He restores. Let me read that. Let me read just a few things what he does again. Victorious, content, tranquil, quiet, restful. Um, restore, happy, safe, wellness, wholeness, completeness, favor, that grace. Favor and grace are so closely related. We have all of that. I hope that this week that you'll know Jehovah Nisi, and I hope even more than that, you'll know Jehovah Shalom. And that if you need help getting away from something that binds you to chaos, you will call on the name of Jehovah Shalom. Have a great day. Go in Shalom.